Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Official Gears Podcast, where we're talking about everything from mouse ears to butter beers. It's Brian and Alan here, and we want to thank you for joining us again as we uh, dive into the final episode of our series where we're talking about our 50 favorite things at Walt Disney World. Uh, how's it going today, Brian? Good, good. I am um, a little sad that we're finishing up this episode or the series. Uh, that just mm-hmm. means a new series is on its way. Uh, exactly. But I mean, we've just kind of been talking about this whole thing, how uh, it's kind of not re-energized, but I guess refreshed some of our feelings for a lot of these attractions that we've been talking about and restaurants and places to stay. And um, now that that 50th anniversary is getting here and, and you know, basically here as soon as this episode drops, um, I'm a little disappointed that I'm going to be in Orlando and at Universal. So we're actually leaving Saturday um, and I'm going to be that close to Disney, but I've got to wait so long to be able to see it all because I don't think we're <laughs> planning on going back. Well, I'm not planning on going back until January. So, yeah. Um, you know, it's you see all this new stuff that you want to experience, and it's just kind of like it's so close, but yet it's like so far out of reach. So yeah, because you're going to be at Universal, not at Disney, right? Yeah, yeah, we, we're doing Legoland and Universal. Uh, we do have a lot of agents that are going to be down there uh, for the fiftieth celebrating. Um, but I mean, like I said, this episode's been kind of refreshing uh, for some of these things that we've we've talked about. Cause it's been a while since we've experienced some of them. We don't get to stay at every resort every time we go. So um, right. it's, it's been a while since we've been to some of these resorts that we've talked about. Uh, Cause here lately it's been Caribbean beach, art of animation, uh, Riviera, um, you know, those, those kind of places on the skyline route that we've, we've stayed at. Uh, I know I have, and I know you've probably done the same. I think you've been to mm-hmm. Polly once, but um, yep. I mean, we actually booked Polly in March again as well. Yeah. So um it's just been refreshing and I'm excited to kind of keep moving forward and finishing out this episode and, and uh, looking forward to something new. Yeah. We got some cool things on the horizon, so that's cool. This has yeah. been a great series. Um, you know, really excited about uh, the 50th. So yeah. yeah, as, as this gets ready to drop, it's going to be the 50th. Yep. Yeah. Now we will go ahead and tell you guys before we get too further into the episode that uh, so this episode is dropping on Friday, October 1st. We will be taking a break uh, for a week uh, while I'm while I'm gone. Uh, we're going to refresh, so it's a perfect opportunity for you guys. In case you missed last week's episode, we're, uh, dedicated to the 50th anniversary, where we talked about five of more of our favorite things. It was the Boardwalk Inn, Peter Pan's Flight, Ogus Cantina, Soren, and uh, why everybody needs to do a character meal or two on their vacation. Uh, if you missed that episode, that gives you a perfect opportunity to go back and listen to that one, or um, you know, as Alan said, we're finishing up this series and taking a break. It gives you an opportunity to go back and listen to any of the other episodes that uh, you may have missed throughout the entire time that we've been doing this. Uh, we've, I think we're on episode 65 now. So uh, 65. Ch- chances are you've probably missed one or two. So we're going to give you a, a little bit of time to catch up. Uh, so but we're going to get right into it. And our, our first resort, Alan, is which one? Well, it's kind of this time. It's kind of a combo this time. We decided to go um, with. Disney's Yacht and Beach Club Resorts. So uh, they're, they're, we were talking about it. It's kind of like one big resort, but they're technically two. It's technically two different resorts. You have two different lobbies, um, but they share a lot of amenities. And uh, the Yacht and Beach Clubs are deluxe resorts. They are located in the Epcot Resort area, right around that lagoon where you'll also find uh, the Boardwalk Inn and kind of next door to uh, the Swan and Dolphin. The um, really great thing about Yacht and Beach Club is, one, their proximity to Epcot and the Skyliner. So 
You've got uh, walking distance, great opportunity to just wander over to Epcot. Um, you've got the Skyliner there to head over to Hollywood Studios. Um, but they're really nice resorts. So they're two different resorts, um, slightly different theme, but they're really complimentary. So the Beach Club has a, a large beach in, in front of it on the back area, basically where you face the lagoon. And the Yacht Club has um, boats tied up outside. So that's how you can kind of tell the difference. Uh, beach Club's blue, Yacht Club's gray. Um, but they're they're deluxe resorts. So they're a little nicer rooms, a little bigger rooms. Sometimes it's all those interior walkways. Um, most of them have a balcony. Um, so you're, you're going to get a little more space and a little more luxury out of these when you're there. Um, one of the cool things about Yacht and Beach Club is they have one of the best pools on property. The pool is amazing over there. Yep. So um, if you've never been, it's this big kind of grotto kind of pool. They do have a sand bottom in portions of the pool. So it's one of the only sand bottom pools out there. Um, there is a little bit of a lazy river uh, and they have this really cool like shipwreck um, water slide. That's really cool. So it's at the pool is amazing. Yes. Gotta love the pool. Um, they have some great dining options over there. So if you want some really good food, um, if you want something really great, you can go over to the Yachtsman Steakhouse. Uh, so they do have some pretty good steaks for outside the parks. Um, you know, and Brian's one of Brian's favorites is over there. The beaches and cream <laughs> soda shop. Always got to talk about that. That was on our list. Um, you know, you can get some great snacks and uh, great food there as well. Um, there is the Cape May Diner. They're open for breakfast and dinner. Um, you know, it's it's family style breakfast uh, and dinner foods. Um, seafood. So there is a lot of seafood in there. Some really big crab legs at that place. Yeah, that's true. There are some huge crab legs in there. I don't know where they're getting those big ones, but they're coming in. Um, you know, there's Martha's Vineyard. It's a uh, it's a bar lounge area. They you can get a glass or a bottle of wine. Um, they have like cheese boards and things like that. Um, also, the Ale and Compass restaurant is over there. So another kind of Yankee comfort food kind of place. Um, but so many great places to eat over there. Yachtsman's, Ale and Compass, um, you know, Beaches and Cream, Cape May. Uh, great, great options there for meals. Cape May um, used to be a character breakfast. So we're hoping our character meal. So we're hoping that will come back as well. We haven't heard yet about that one. Um some great opportunities over there. There are all the typical kind of recreation and amenities available. They do movies under the stars. They do campfires over there. Um, there are a couple of different pools in, in addition to the great, big, wonderful pool that they have. Um, you can get poolside cabana rentals over there um, and motorboat rentals. So you can actually rent boats. Um, they have like the little sprites or um, kind of a pontoon party barge that you can rent and you can actually um, drive them around the marina over there and head over, you know, by Hollywood studios down the little canal. Um, you know, they have the jogging paths. They have the um, volleyball and sand volleyball areas. There's tennis. Um, there's an arcade, uh, pretty much all the usual things that you can find over there. Um, but one neat thing to point out is that we haven't really talked about this a whole lot, but there are a few uh, dog friendly accommodations at Walt Disney yeah. world. Yep. And the Yacht Club is one of those. So if you happen to travel um, with your, you know, four-legged friends, your furry kids, anything like that, um, the Yacht Club is one of the places that will allow you to bring your furry friend with you. So that's yep. kind of cool. Yep. 
Yeah. Uh, anything you like about these resorts? So uh, we really love Beach Club um, mm-hmm. for the pool, mostly. Of course, beaches that and cream pool is also, awesome. But the pool is amazing. Like you said, it, it's got kind of like the shipwreck on one side right next to the right. beach. And then at the top of the shipwreck, you go down that slide. I mean, it's a really long water slide that goes across a walkway, kind of winds around the pool a little bit, and then, you know, ends up in the pool eventually. Um, the sand bottom is, is really cool. Uh, just sitting out there at night after you've been in a park long day and just sitting in the hammock, uh, sitting on the beach in the lounge chairs or whatever. I mean, that's just really relaxing. And then just being so close to the parks um, is, is just always nice. I mean, the rooms itself, they're not um, overly fancy, but they're, they're very spacious. Like you said, they give you plenty of room um, and they're, they're nicely decorated and they're, they're really good rooms. Uh, but it's that convenience to the park, just waking it up, up at Epcot and just knowing I have an extra 30 minutes because all I got to do is walk five minutes, go through security, and I'm in the park. Yeah. Like it's so nice. It saves you so much time, especially when you have young kids or even teenagers who like to sleep in or take a little while longer to get ready. Those those resorts are really convenient for you to use. And it's a great view when you, you know, if you are on the lagoon side, um, you know, you get a great view of the rest of Yacht and Beach and mm-hmm. Boardwalk. Um, so it's always cool to look across and see the boardwalk over there with all the lights and things. Yep. Um, it's just, it's a great atmosphere. It's really nice. Yeah, it really is. So um, another place that has a really great atmosphere and is really uh, peaceful, I guess, um, which is very hard to find sometimes when you're at Disney or on just a big vacation. Um, we love the Plaza restaurant and mm-hmm. it's kind of a... I'm going to use the word intimate um, just because it's very quiet. It's very small, close together. Um, It seats half as many people as most restaurants at Disney. Um, So it's always very hard to kind of get in. Um, But the Plaza Restaurant is located in the uh, Magic Kingdom right down uh, Main Street. So if you're going down Main Street, headed to the castle, right as soon as you get to get Main Street, you're going to take a right and it's going to be right there to the side. It's almost, you know, it's very hard to miss, or I'm sorry, it's very hard to see. You can miss it very easily because once you're at that castle, you're like, all right, there's castle on my left, there's Tomorrowland on the right, and you can walk right by it and not even realize it. Um, Mm -hmm. Most of the time, I think the only way people even see it is because they have an ice cream stand outside as well, where you can pick up some to-go ice cream uh, to take around the park with you. But the, uh, the Plaza restaurant is, like I said, on Main Street in the USA. In the Magic Kingdom, uh, basically, it's just casual dining amid an atmosphere of turn-of-the-century elegance at the Charm Gem lo- Charming Gem located at the end of Main Street. So, um, I mean, I'm looking at a picture of it right now, and I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, maybe about 20 tables inside with about four people per table. There are some booths. Um, so maybe 30 tables or so. Um, they have one door the waiters go in, another door when the waiters come out. That's it. I mean, that's that's the size of the restaurant. Uh, yeah, it, it is much smaller and much more intimate, like you said. Uh, but, but that's really and, good food. And they do really have some good food. And, you know, when you go to a lot of Disney restaurants, you have a pretty good size menu to look over. Um, another thing with the plaza is you you don't, um, which to me sometimes is good. They have lunch and dinner options. Lunch is from 11 to 2.55 and then dinner from 3 to 9. Um, it's the same menu right now. Uh, currently for both of them and you can get appetizers from uh, chili to crab cakes to loaded fries Um, for dinner your entrees or lunch you have roast beef fried chicken sandwich the plaza turkey club which i get just about every time i'm there 
Um, <laughs> they do have meatloaf. They have a chili impossible burger, which I'm okay with a chili burger. I'm not sure sure about a chili impossible burger. I have not had an impossible burger yet. So, um, and then they have their main street burger, which is seven ounces, all beef patty, uh, topped with lettuce and cheese and tomato and all that stuff. One of the big things that I really love about the main, uh, the, the plaza and why we go is it's probably my second favorite place to get ice cream. Uh, mm. They have signature chocolate cake as well. They have some of your, you know, old fashioned hand dipped milkshakes topped with whipped cream. Uh, they have a dark chocolate banana bread pudding. Uh, they have a brownie sundae, original banana split. And then my favorite is the Plaza Restaurant Sunday, uh, which is hot fudge, um, strawberry sauce, crushed pineapple, chopped nuts, you know, all your toppings. And then they have a lot of different allergy-friendly menu options as well. Um, they have several different beer and wine selections. But again, if you're looking for a place to just kind of go unwind, that's kind of quiet, um, not going to have a lot of coming and going and things. The plaza is definitely the place for you guys to go. But again, it is very hard to get a walk-up reservation for. So you need to do a um, 60 day reservation in advance for that one. If that's something that you guys are choosing to do. Yeah. It's right next to the um, plaza ice cream shop or the uh, main street ice cream shop too. So So basically right across, if if you're looking at Casey's corner, you're going to look across the street. It's going to be the opposite corner. Um, And the prices I didn't mention, but they're anywhere from, you know, right around $20 a person uh, for some of those meals. And then your kids are uh, about $10. So as far as Disney pricing goes, that's usually pretty good. Yeah, it's definitely not bad. Very cool. Good places to eat, good places to eat, good places to stay. Um, You know, so that's always fun. But we got to get to the, the good parts of the day, right? Uh, Got to get out there and enjoy some of the uh, attractions and things that they're available. So since we're over at the uh, Magic Kingdom, where we're talking about the plaza, we got a couple of attractions over there. Almost. We got one. We got one that's not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We got we'll have to park up later. Park up later for that one. (laughs) But, you know, when we're at uh, Magic Kingdom, we really, really can't go to the Magic Kingdom without experiencing the Haunted Mansion. The Haunted Mansion is a classic attraction. He doesn't like Haunted Mansion? He does not like Haunted Mansion. <laughs> is it just too slow for him? Too boring? I think it's the I think it's the noise and the dark. I think is what it is with him. And then the fact that my mom conned him into riding it when he was like five, so that way he can get Duffy the Bear. So <laughs> Hey, whatever it takes to get him on, right? Yeah, yeah. So um the Haunted Mansion is a classic. It is a fantastic attraction um at Disney World and Disneyland. Um, this is located in the, in Disney world, it's located in the Liberty square section, kind of off in the corner along the river. Um, the haunted mansion is great for any height. So there's no height restrictions at all. All ages can go on this attraction. Um, it is one of those slow moving, they call it an Omni mover ride. So it is one of those slow moving things where you step onto a moving belt and you step into the, the doom buggy that you're riding through. And that's what they are called. They are called doom buggies. So you ride through in your doom buggy. Um, it's just one of those like slow, constantly moving, um, really relaxing kind of attractions that you just kind of ride through and experience all the fun that the Haunted Mansion has. Um, it can be a little dark. It can be a little spooky for some kids. Um, you know, there's creepy noises and things like that, but uh, for the most part, it's not super scary and it's not something that's going to be um, too terrifying for most people, uh, depending on, you know, your level. But keep that in mind. It can be dark. It can be a little noisy. 
Um, you know, if you sing along with the music, uh, that kind of tends to help. But great, great attraction. Um, it. I actually used to work at the Haunted Mansion, <laughs> so I love it. I got to put that in there. Um, you know, as you enter the queue area for the Haunted Mansion, um, you're kind of approaching the the mansion itself. You're seeing that it's starting to get a little rundown, a little uh, dilapidated on the outside. They did do some um, queue renovations a couple years back so there's some interactive things in there um there i think they're still roped off because of covid they don't want people touching yeah. things but um it is a great little attraction and as you get to the doors where you go in if you look to the left there are um, a bunch of tombstones and there's some really great um kind of puns and things on the tombstones about mm-hmm. some of the haunts that uh live in the haunted mansion but just a few years back um, a new tombstone was added and that's really cool. So if you get a chance to look, it's going to be the last one on the left right before you go inside. And that is for Madame Leota. And um, this tombstone actually has Madame Leota's face in it. And occasionally her eyes will open and she'll look around at you. So that one's kind of cool. Um, that was added after um, Leota uh, passed away. So Leota was actually an Imagineer for Walt Disney World. And she was um, the he- the face and the voice behind Madame Leota in the crystal ball and a little Leota at the end. So she was actually um, an Imagineer who they recorded and she did all those little uh, cool clips and scenes. And then um, she kind of became an icon. And when she passed away as a tribute, they added the Madame Leota um, tombstone. So that's pretty cool. So this this attraction is growing on me. Um, it's one of those that it really starts before you even get in line because you just see it from a distance yep. and you start to get that feel of haunted house type thing. And then you go through the gate, you go through the the hearse carriage uh, or go by the hearse carriage. Um, and you start seeing all the tombstones and the, the uh, paver walkway and all that. Um, so the, the story to me really begins while you're in line. And then yep. you go through the stretching room, um, you know, you get a little bit more of the story and then you get on. I think the, the, the best thing to me about this ride is the technology it took to create it back, you know, 30, 40 years ago, whatever it's been now. Um, and that they're still using it to create some of those scenes. It just shows you how far away, you know, how, how far advanced Disney was at the time. And, you know, it, if you haven't seen it, I believe it's on Disney plus that you can go back and check out behind the attraction after this one. Uh, it's so cool to know so some of these scenes, what they had to go to do to, to, to make them happen. Yeah. And so every, every time I go through that, uh, the haunted mansion, I'm looking kind of at those things and just keeping that in the back of my head. I'm like, man, this, this attraction is just so cool. Like to think it's been around for so long and they've done some refurbishments to it, but the main attraction is still there. Like they haven't changed yeah that much of it they've just updated some of the faces the paints things like that but uh, yeah the bride has been updated so she's a a different bride from the original um a bit more um realistic i think than used to be too yeah so and as you exit the ride actually there's another little kind of tribute so as you exit the ride you kind of go through um yeah the, the pet cemetery (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you kind of go through the the vault area there. And as you exit on the left, there is a pet cemetery listed. So you'll see a bunch of um, headstones for different pets that have left us and live in the Haunted Mansion. And um, a little Easter egg there is if you look up at the very top of that uh, pet cemetery, you'll see a statue for Mr. Toad. 
So that is a tribute to Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, which used to exist at Walt Disney World and was replaced by Winnie the Pooh. So kind of a cute little Easter egg hidden yep. piece of information there. Tribute yeah, that's to one thing, Toad. I was, was going to say, that's one of the things I really love about the Haunted Mansion, too, is there's so many little Easter eggs that are pointed towards other things in Disney World. Um, you talked about Leota. You talked about... Um, uh, Mr. Toad, but then there's the the ring that's hidden in there, and there's so many like little backstories and just different things that you can go and look at, and um, you stay entertained throughout the entire time that you're waiting, which is usually not a very long line at all, um, any twenty to thirty minutes on a, a good day uh, or an average day, I guess. But uh, it definitely keeps you entertained, so you don't feel like you're waiting in line. And you know, if you know those Easter eggs going in, you can kind of keep a lookout for them as you're going through. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the very cool things in there. There's all kinds of little hidden tidbits all over the Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Well, after the Haunted Mansion, we are, and it's funny, you can actually see this attraction from the Haunted Mansion, but we're going to head over to Big Thunder Mountain, uh, which isn't too far away. Uh, It's kind of right across the the river. Um, So we're going to go through Frontierland to Big Thunder Mountain. Uh, Big Thunder Mountain is designed for anybody 40 inches and higher. Uh, It's for kids, tweens, teens, adults. It's a thrill ride, has some small drops, has a little bit of speed. And we have mentioned before that this is probably our, you know, top attraction, um, if not one of the top three at uh, the Walt Disney World Resort for for you and I. Um, basically, you are in an old um, mine train, not like the Seven Doors mine train. You are actually, I guess, a real train um, mm-hmm. racing through haunted gold mines uh, on a speeding train that's going through the... Um, Wild West. So you've got your uh, Mesa type uh, setting, I guess. Uh, kind of what you would see in New Mexico, Arizona. Uh, those those places. Kind of like your desert motif. Um, so you're going through the Wild West in the wilderness. And this train takes you through um, hills, tunnels. Uh, you go through a kind of like a little gold town. Uh, there's some dinosaur bones. Um I mean, it's just a fun attraction. It's got some speed, like I said, it has some hills. It's uh, it's not very scary, but it, like I said, it does have some speed. Um, both of my kids really love it, um, so I know you know younger kids are up for it. Adults love it. It's uh, it's actually a fairly long attraction for uh, a roller coaster, which I think adds to it. Um, I don't know. It's just one of those that it's. It's a classic, but it's not a classic, I guess. But it's one of those everybody has to ride when they go. It's it's that good of an attraction. Well, and actually, it was deemed the last of the e-ticket rides. Yeah. So it was the last e-ticket ride that was designed and built. So that was kind of cool, too. Yeah. Yeah, great attraction. Um, so we're talking about the west side of the park, the left side of the park. Um, I actually worked at Big Thunder Mountain as well, and I really enjoyed that. Um it was a lot of fun to see uh, all the people coming and going and uh, it, it's a cool attraction. It's, it's one I really enjoy as well. It, yeah, and the Haunted Mansion and the the Big Thunder are both really kind of must do's for us on every trip. Yeah. I mean, we, we do Big Thunder usually two or three times. Um, at least try We try to do it twice a day. If we're going for multiple days, we try to do it multiple times throughout the, the entire time. Um, and it's one of those, like if, if they didn't have the queue set up the way they do towards the end, the line would probably be a lot longer than what it really is. Some days it can get up to about an hour wait, but most of the time it's less than that. And when you go down, 
you know, go through the queue, you get to the end, they, they've got a ramp where you go, you know, to the left or the, to the right. And so they're loading two different cars at one time. So it really helps speed things up. Yep. Otherwise that, that wait would probably be a lot longer. And here lately the, the line was, um, well, when we were there, it was, they used a part of the train station for the line. Mm-hmm. So that way they were doing social distancing, but I mean, you and I've seen the wait times and right now it's kind of, um, well, a couple of weeks ago, it was very easy to just kind of walk on. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but um, it's definitely one of those that it's it's worth the wait. Yeah, it's a great attraction. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and also not the fastest ride in the park. It's not. Everybody thinks. No. Yeah, it, it's 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 not. Um, it's, it's faster than the Space Mountain. It but, is. Yep. By about is, four miles per hour. But it is not, and it's funny because I don't think this is a fast ride whatsoever, but, you know, it's Splash Mountain is the technically the fastest at Walt Disney World. <laughs> a lot of people don't realize yeah, you go faster going down the, the last big drop yep. than you do on either uh, Big Thunder Mountain or Space Mountain. Yeah. And I actually just knew all this because we, Blaine was asking, you know, for the Hagrids, how fast did it go compared to rides at Disney? And so we had to kind of look it up. And mm-hmm. um, I was like, yeah, I would not have thought that drop was as fast as as it was. I think it's 40, 46 miles an hour, something like that. Uh, just just over 40. Yeah. Yeah. Just over 40. Okay. Yeah, just over 40 miles an hour down the drop. So that's a, that's actually one of the fastest rides in the park. Yeah. So I told him, I said, stick your head out the window. That's as fast as we're going right now. <laughs> catch a breeze. Catch a breeze. See if it's the same, right? Yep. Yep. So very cool. All right. And now we got a park hop. We do got a park hop. It's after one o'clock. You know, we we had a good meal and uh hung out at the Haunted Mansion and Big Thunder. We hit our one o'clock so we can park hop over to where are we going? Hollywood Studios. Hollywood Studios. I like Hollywood Studios. So over there, we're gonna go out and check out the um newest attraction, uh Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. So uh, if you haven't had a chance to do this yet, um, this is right down at the end of the main entrance uh, of Hollywood Boulevard. It's inside the Chinese theater where the great movie ride used to be. Um, This attraction is good for any height. Uh, It's great for preschoolers, kids, teens, tweens, adults. Um, Everybody really likes this one. Um, It's it's a slow moving attraction. So uh, the queue area, as you go through, you are kind of going through and getting ready to step into the world of the comics. Um, so you'll find the, uh, I don't, I guess it's kind of classic look of the characters, the, the retro look they're kind of going back to lately. Yeah. Um, I wasn't real keen on the the look that they went with for the characters, but it is um, the first attraction designed for Mickey and Minnie specifically. So yeah. um, that's kind of cool. Uh there is a lot of projection and kind of special effects in this attraction. So you go through the queue and you get into a small pre-show area where you hear about um, Mickey and Minnie going on this picnic in the park. And then uh, the screen kind of explodes and you go into um, the final queue area where you get to board this runaway railway. Now this is totally different than Big Thunder Mountain's runaway railway. Um, Big Thunder Mountain is an actual roller coaster. This is not. So this is one of those trackless rides um, again, it's, it's pretty slow moving. Everybody can go. There's no height restrictions. Um, but as you ride through, basically the train starts to take you, uh, through this 
park, but you're going to go and see a picnic with Mickey and Minnie. And then, you know, Conductor Goofy has a mishap and the train breaks apart and you kind of get to experience um, some mayhem of the comics. So you get to go through a jungle, you get to go through a Wild West scene, you get to go under the sea, you get to go through a carnival, um, you get to go dancing with Daisy Duck. Um, it's just, it's a really cute, really cool attraction they spent a lot of time on. Um, it, there, there are sections like you you go through the jungle and you go into another little room and you come back out through the same room and you don't realize it's the same place because mm-hmm. it just like magically transforms Um all that projection stuff that they've been doing. It, it's really a cool attraction. Um, you know, and then you end up finally back together and seeing the, uh, the picnic at the end with Mickey, Minnie and Pluto. So it's, it's really cool. I think yes. they did a great job with this. I've had some people say that they actually kind of liked it better than rise of the resistance. So for different reasons, for different reasons, but it is pretty yeah. cool. I mean, if you're not a star Wars fan, I would say Mickey, Minnie's runaway railway definitely is probably the one you would choose. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean, they're completely different. It's the same kind of ride system, but it's a completely different attraction. Yeah. Um, the, you know, where you said you go in and you come, you know, go in one room, came back out and you're in a completely different, you're in the same room, but it's a completely different setup. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's no wonder they took so long to get this one up and going. And you and I have kind of been on it quite a few times now. And I, I often forget that there's a lot of people that still have not had the opportunity to experience this because of COVID. So it's still a fairly new attraction. I, I mean, it's still a brand new attraction, honestly, to a lot of yeah, people because yeah. they've just never had a chance to even see it. Um, so, it, I mean, it's definitely one of those. It's very kid friendly. Uh, it does kind of jerk you a little bit here and there while you're switching rooms or, or making sharp turns, but um, it's a very slow pace, like you said. And in, the lighting, the characters. I'm not a big fan of the character design either, but I feel like it fits what they're looking for because they're going after that vibe of the early cartoons um, from Hollywood. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's a really cool one. It's not one of my favorites at Hollywood Studios. Um, I think after a few years, the line will kind of die down a little bit, but just the fact that it's the only attraction dedicated to Mickey and Minnie um, will make it one of those that everybody's going to have to do every time. Absolutely. And and like you said, the the stuff they've done, there's some really great special effects. It did take a while to get it um, totally set and ready, but um, it it was worth it. I think, I think it's a pretty cool attraction. Um, Yeah. It it does have a long line because it's new. Um, I think it will continue to, to die down a little bit um, as it goes through as well. But that line, I mean, we've been in it several times where it's been posted at an hour and that line moves fast. Yeah, it does have a pretty high capacity, actually. So that's one of the good things is that you can get quite a few people through this attraction. So even though the line is pretty long, it, it does keep moving. Yeah, we thought this is one of those that might have a virtual queue at the time mm-hmm. when it came out, uh, and it didn't. So we were a little surprised by that. But yeah, yeah uh, better that you don't have to worry about the virtual queues. Yeah. So I will take that's... that any day. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind the virtual queues um, because it gives you an opportunity to kind of go do some other stuff while you're waiting in line. But it's technology. It's, you know, something you've got to rely on to get a, you know, a group to go ride. But um, yeah, if you don't have to have it, good for you. Like, just keep moving forward. So Yeah, exactly. So, 
All right. Well, I know we typically say that we do one one resort, one restaurant, and two attractions. We did three attractions this week because we just could not leave one of these off. Um, yeah. Haunted Mansion is a classic. Big Thunder Mountain is one that everybody has to ride in. Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is so new. We felt like we needed to get this one in there as well. Um, so the next thing, our, our special magic um, section, we actually have two pieces too because one of them we just actually have to – we cannot – do the 50th anniversary episode and not talk about this one. Um, but mm-hmm. so we're going to fly through the next one and it's called, you know, it's the after hours events. We've talked about these several times on why we love them right now. You've got the boo bash going on, which I've heard really good things about. And then you've got mm-hmm. the Christmas event coming um, here shortly as well. Probably going to see a little bit more of what you're seeing with the boo bash, maybe adding a little bit to it now that they've seen that they can do this. Um, both of those are phenomenal opportunities if you have a chance to go do them to go go and experience the parks at night with the events. Well, and actually, the one thing that's coming back with the very maritime Christmas this time is a full parade. Yes. So we have a full parade coming back yeah. for the Christmas party. So yeah. that's pretty cool to see. And the Christmas parade, if you've never experienced it, is a lot of fun. It's a great parade. Yep. I got to see it last year basically in sections because I felt like it was the full parade. They were just doing the cavalcade version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we saw Max Goof, we saw the gingerbread houses, we saw Santa Claus, we saw the reindeer. So we saw everything just not at one time, uh, yeah. which is still pretty cool. But when you see the full parade itself, it's, it's really good. Um, so Boobash, uh, the Christmas party, uh, or Christmas event, if you guys have a chance to do those, add those to your list. Hopefully villains will be back, uh, at early spring next year. We don't have any word on that, but that was an awesome one to do. Um, and then just the regular after hours events, if they bring those back away, which I imagine they will, uh, because mm-hmm. they're so popular, add one of those to your list, add your rest day. Like we talked about last week to the day after, but, uh, definitely add one of those to your trip. Definitely. It is definitely worth doing. And, um, we've talked about it before. Well, I'm sure we'll do more as, uh, the parties start to come back in 2022 where we explain about those, but they're, I think they're totally worth it. Yeah, totally. All right. Uh, and because we have to have two this time, like we said, we really could not um, finish this series without the our little bit of extra magic talking about uh, Disney cast members. So Disney cast members, um, they really, really bring the magic. You know, there, there's the attractions and things are great, but it's that little extra um, special um I don't know, touch that they, that they bring to it. You know, some of the cast members get really into it. Um, you know, you, we talked about Peter Pan's flight before. So when you're at Peter Pan's flight and the, um, you know, poor attraction attendant is there walking the belt, making sure everybody boards. Okay. And is okay. Uh, you know, and then they act like they have pixie dust to lower the lap bar and stuff. You know, they don't have to do that. It's just no. adding a little bit of extra fun and a little magic to it. Um, you know, I can tell you from experience it has gotten a bit better, but cast members are not there for the money. They're they're not living high on the hog. They're you know they they finally been bumped up to fifteen dollar an hour start, which is great. Um, but yeah, the cast members are there because they love what they do. They love making magic and bringing magic um, to the families. Uh, most of them, it's not just a job. Yeah, it's it's kind of you know ingrained in them in their hearts, and they really love what they do, and they. You know, Disney World would not be Disney World without the cast members or no. Disneyland or anywhere. No, cast yeah, members guess, are all about it. That goes for Disney Cruise, you know, all yeah. of them. So, uh, and I know we've been talking about things that you can add 
to your resort, your, your reservation, uh, whether it's your resort, whether it's the after hours events, whether it's memory maker, um, whatever to make your trip a little bit more magical. The reason why we say cast members is because we, you know, we love our cast members. Um, you touched on it. They add that little bit of extra touch, whether it's the waving their hands to make the bar come down or whatever, or just the way they talk. When you're mm-hmm. at uh, Disney, whether it's Disneyland, Disney, um, well, Disney World, Disney Cruise Line, whichever one, um, interact with them. Add that to your 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 trip. Interact with these people because they really are there to make your trip as magical as possible. Um, the more you interact with them, uh, the more creative you get with the characters. Uh, just sometimes thanking the bus driver when you get mm-hmm. on and off. Um, then all of a sudden they're like, oh, you know, hey, everybody, we have a princess boarding. Um, you know, everybody bow to Queen Elsa or whatever. I mean, they just add those little bitty words that we always want to hear throughout the day at our normal day. They just add those polite words or whatever that just make us feel good. Yep. And they, they, go they bring out it all together. They, they do. And I mean, I don't know how many times I've seen them go out of their way to help a guest. And even if it's something small as like, where's your bathroom? Oh, instead of telling you where it is, they will walk you to where it is. I mean, little things like that. They gave us a free bottle one time because we couldn't find, we were out of bottles and Abigail was crying her head off because we stayed for fireworks. They gave us a bottle. We had to pay for the formula and stuff, but they gave us a bottle because we didn't have one. It's just little stuff like that that they, they do to just make you feel comfortable and really feel like you are in the most magical place on earth. Yep. That little bit of extra. It did. And it wouldn't be the same without cast members. It it really wouldn't. And if you think it would be go to six flags, (laughs) I mean, honestly, or or go to universal universal. It is. I mean, universal is phenomenal. It really is. But universal, you are there more for the rides, the thrill, the Harry Potter world, uh, or Harry wizarding world of Harry Potter. Um, like you were there for those kind of things. You're not there for the interactions, for the feels of, you know, your childhood memories, really. Um, yep. Universal is a different beast in its own right. If you, you know, just go to Universal and go to Disney and then you will feel the difference. You really, really will. You'll love it's both true. of them, but you will just feel the difference. Yeah, it's it's just a different type of mindset and experience. <laughs> Yep. A little bit, little bit difference. So, but yeah, and I'm not, I'm not knocking worth... Universal. Like I said, we're going, <laughs> we're going, we're going to have a good time. Uh, we're looking forward to it. But I mean, it's just, Disney is just different, and it's the same. It's all it's Disney's philosophy. It's like Chick Fil A. Um, you you go in a Disney store, which there's not many of them left, but I mean, the Disney store people are the same way, and it's just a mindset from the top of the organization. Whether you like the way that Disney's being run or not it's the mindset, like you said, of, you know, this is how we're going to treat people. Yep, exactly. We're going to charge them for it, but we're going to treat them well. (laughs) Yeah. Very cool things. You got, gotta, gotta love the cast members and you know, it just wouldn't be the same. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, we do have some news we got to get to as well. And there's actually quite a bit that we kind of get, got to, got to get through before we wrap this episode up. And the first thing I want to say before we get too far into this news is I'm seeing pictures of these gold statues everywhere and I'm absolutely loving them. Um, There's so many of them out there. They're placed so strategically throughout the parks. 
I cannot wait to get there in January and just kind of see all of them for myself. I don't know why I like them so much, um, but I've always loved the bust out in the um, kind of the, the hub at, uh, around the castle anyway. Mm-hmm. And now that they've got the gold statues versus the bronze ones, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing those. Yeah, it's not a huge change, but they're they're new statues and the you know changing them like you said from like the brass bronze to to gold and their new little pedestals and just everything kind of being um, polished up and and decked out for uh, this eighteen month celebration that we've been talking about forever. So yeah, and and I love that there's just different ones represented. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of different characters out there. Yeah. So. Very cool to see those. Um, yeah. I said I, our trip in January, I can't wait. I think it's going to be great. Yeah. And then uh, then I'm taking family in March. So mm-hmm. we get to do it twice. Yay. Well, hopefully when we go in January, we won't have the problem that we're gonna, you're going to talk about right now. Yeah. So we kind of mentioned earlier that we're starting to see some of the wait times go up a bit. So um, I think there's just so many people that have been um, cooped up and ready to travel and ready to get out that um, they're going and the, <laughs> the wait times at the parks have kind of started to creep back up a bit. Um, it's still not typical summer, um, really long wait times, but not the walk-ons we were seeing um, yeah. for the last few weeks. So, I mean, it, it's not crazy, but it's still, still showing an increase in some attendance and some um, definite desire to get out and travel and go and, and see what's coming for the 50th anniversary, they're pretty close. I mean, you know, when this episode drops, it will be ready. Um, but we've seen over the last week or so, uh, most of the decorations are up. Most of the, um, you know, new pieces are out and ready and, um, the place is just looking really good. So yes, good to see. Yeah, they, they are. Um, and that's just, I mean, so a couple, couple I guess sometime last week, uh, or this week we saw people posting pictures of, um, walk-ups on millennium falcon um that's not really happening right now and it's just because everybody's ready for the 50th and and ready for that vacation falls here fall breaks are starting to kind of go on um so it's going to be a little bit more busy it'll kind of die off a little bit i think um towards the end of october middle of november and then november and christmas it's going to be real busy again so um it's exciting times to be at disney uh but if you were thinking you were going to go and not have to wait looks like things are changing so absolutely but that's okay you know you gotta gotta have a little bit of a wait time we'll see and then we still have you know genie and genie plus coming soon so we'll find out what that does to things um Mm -hmm. yeah that's true so so alan did you ever play the pokemon go game i did not okay i didn't Um, (laughs) <laughs> I did not do it there. Um, there's a wizarding world of Harry Potter one that I did a little bit. So, so yeah. that, that brings me to the next one is there's going to be a Jurassic park version coming to uh, universal Florida and they don't have a whole lot of details on it, you know, yet, but uh, I think that's one too. Like I, I could not imagine being on my phone that much, you know, at a theme park anyway. Um, but if your kids are into this kind of thing, or if you're into it, and you need something to do to keep you busy in line or just kind of while you, you know, walking around. Um, here's another option to keep you busy and kind of see what it is. I know what Pokemon Go was. Um, I didn't really get it, but it was one of those things. Like, <laughs> I, I was never really into Pokemon anyway. So, uh, 
it, it, again, it's just something cool, I think, for uh, people, for guests to do, whether whether waiting in line or, you know, walking from one attraction to another. Um, there's always something out there to attract the collectors and the hoarders and those that just have to, like, you know, get everything. Um, so here's another one of those that, that you can do. You know, at least it's free. So. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's, it's a neat way to um, kind of, I guess, bring more of the the Jurassic Park experience to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it'd be kind of cool. they're going to be dinosaurs. Like, I would imagine, yes. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah, like I said, I did the Wizarding World of Harry Potter one for a bit. Um, I know there's, it's still fairly popular, but um, I, I just, I can't keep up with them. No. <laughs> a lot of cool no. stuff, I just can't keep up with them. No, I don't play a whole lot of games anyway, but that's just like I said, if I was one, because I am a collector, it'd be like, okay, I got T-Rex. Now I got to get the Raptor. Now I got to get this one. Now I yeah. got to get the Stegosaurus. Now I got to go, you know, it's just, it would be one thing after another and after another because I like yeah. to collect things. Um, I'm having a hard that, time. And that's what they play on. They, they want yeah. you to do that. So you keep playing, keep playing, right? Yeah. I'm having a hard time not going to McDonald's and getting those 50th anniversary toys. But after I got the first two and Abigail got one, I was like, these things are so cheap. I just don't want to. <laughs> so. I know we were kind of excited about them, but it was like, wah, wah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. oh, well. Next piece right. of uh, news is pretty exciting, though, too. I am super excited. I cannot wait for this. I love the Muppets. I grew up with the Muppets. Um, you know, they were pretty awesome. And then um, I actually got to meet the Hensons when I worked at Disney World. So I don't know if um, I've mentioned that before, but yes. So I was at Hollywood Studios um, and I got to meet the entire Henson family. Um just a few weeks before Jim unfortunately passed away untimely. So that was kind of rough, but um, Muppets Haunted Mansion is coming to Disney plus on October 8th. Um, and I'm dying to see how they do this. It looks great. I'm loving the trailers, but they're also kind of bringing a touch of Muppets Haunted Mansion to the parks. So that's kind of cool. Um, over at Disneyland, they're bringing in um, sort of a, sort of a stand up like photo opportunity. Um, that you can go in and you can get kind of stand in between them. And there's um, Gonzo and Rizzo ghost characters there, um, you know, kind of a poster from the movie and, and some of the little um, artwork and stuff. So that looks kind of cool. Um, so you can go over and check that out. Um, there's also uh, Muppets on a Mansion in the Main Street Opera House. So there's some kind of exclusive content and things there. Um, I imagine they'll probably have some props and possibly some puppets and things. So that'll be really cool to go see at Disney world at Hollywood studios. Um, there is a restaurant called pizza Rizzo. If you haven't got over there for pizza, um, from the rats, you got to go over and get pizza Rizzo, but they're bringing in these, um, eclairs, they're chocolate eclairs and they have, um, sort of like this chocolate picture of like the stretching rooms and uh, portraits and things like that, that you're going to be able to see in Muppet Haunted Mansion. So that looks kind of cool. Um, great way to check that out. They're also doing um, exclusive content from Muppet's Haunted Mansion in the pre-show for Muppet Vision 3D. So when you're in there waiting, um, they're going to add some clips in there. And then you can head over to um, Magic Kingdom. Uh, outside the Haunted Mansion, there is a special magic shot from the photo pass photographers there. We talked about our magic shots before. Um, but you can get a familiar face or that of Madame Pigoda. So we talked about Madame Leota with Haunted Mansion. So it's Madame Pigoda from the Muppets. And so there's a magic shot where you'll get, uh, you know, Madame Pigoda in her um, crystal ball. And so that's kind of cool. 
Uh, and then on Disney Music Group, there's actually some Muppet Haunted Mansion music and things and a playlist that'll be available. So kind of cool ways to bring some of that to the parks. I'm really glad they're doing that instead of just throwing it out there, um, you know, for, for people to see on TV, they're kind of bringing it to the parks. I love it. Yeah. I can't wait. I definitely think we need more Muppet representation at Walt Disney World. Well, at Disney period. So Yeah, I really enjoyed when they were doing um, the Muppets Great Moments in History um, mm-hmm. over in Magic Kingdom. I thought that was a really fun. There was two little shows, but there, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was yeah. great to see the puppets in the park. Um, I hope that comes back too. Yeah. It just, it'd be really cool to see more. Um, because every now and then they just, they try and try and try and so hard to bring them up. It's back. And, you know, I don't feel like they're ever going to be as popular as they were when we were kids, but you know, it's just, it's one of those things that I think it has a chance if it's done right. Mm -hmm. So again, I just, I would like to see more Muppets represented in the parks, but yeah, some of the new movies and stuff they've done, I thought they did a great job with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all the 50 million cameos. All the actors. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be very similar in um, Muppets on a Mansion from the trailers I'm seeing. Lots of celebrity cameos. Yeah. Just, and that's just how you get people to watch it. So nothing wrong with that. But. Yeah. All right. So, you know, as this episode drops, it is October 1st, which means the virtual queue for Remy's Ride to Adventure begins uh, or has begun. Um, I'm excited to kind of see how this works. Hopefully it works a lot better than Rise of the Resistance. Um, I don't know if it's going to be as popular, so hopefully more people will be able to get on. Now, over the next couple of weeks, mm-hmm. yes, it's going to be extremely popular. Not everybody's going to probably be able to get on. Yeah, because it's um, brand new. Yeah, but I think as we kind of get a little bit away from the you know, the very beginning, all the, the bloggers and YouTubers and all that, I think as soon as they get their chance to ride, um, I think the weights will kind of die down a little bit and maybe that's going to be easier for everybody to get on, but I'm excited to see how this works because, you know, we've mentioned virtual cues are great when they work and everybody gets a chance. Um, but you know, it's not going to be as a popular as attraction because it's not star Wars, but it is a very, very cute attraction. Everybody has heard the hype or more than likely have heard all the hype about the attraction from the one over in Paris. So, um, Plus the, the movie itself is very, is very cute. Uh, and that pavilion that they made for this attraction is, is very cool. It looks very good. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Um, I'm, I'm curious too, to see how difficult this one is going to be. Um, probably in the first couple of weeks, it might be pretty difficult to get, but um, we'll see how that happens after that. Yeah. Um, the process has come out and it's basically the same as what was Rise of the Resistance. Yeah. So um, if you have a park pass for Epcot for that day, you'll be able to um, attempt to join the virtual queue for the first time at 7 a.m. And you do not have to be in the park at 7 a.m. You just have to have a park pass and valid park tickets for Epcot. And then um, the second attempt will also be at 1 o'clock. And at 1 o'clock, everyone who uh, is trying to, to join the virtual queue must have scanned in and be inside Epcot. Yeah. So you have to be in the park for the 1 p.m. one. So it's, it's the same um, process and details as Rise of the Resistance. But um, Rise of the Resistance queue has now been paused. So they are actually doing, yeah. you know, standby and walk walk in the regular attraction uh, at Rise of the Resistance. So and that's kind of cool. Think, I think they just can't put both of those on the same system, I think is what it comes out to be. Um, I have a feeling that's probably very true. Which, and then when Genie Plus comes out... Um, 
you're going to have the option to, you know, pay for the rise of the resistance as well. And I know a lot of people were upset about the boarding groups going away. I was, you know, you know, I talked about, we were okay with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the first day it had a two hour wait, two hour and 20 minute wait. Um, I've been kind but of in the morning. It. Yeah. In the morning, when, it's dropping down to like a, an hour in the afternoon. So go ride Tower of Terror, go ride Slinky Dog, go ride Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway, come back because you and I've talked about it before. It's kind of like Flight of Passage. That wait in the morning is going to be a lot longer if you're not one of the very first ones on. Um, and as the day goes, it's going to kind of die down a little bit because you got to think everybody else in the park has the same thought process as you do. I'm going to go to that attraction first before everybody else does. Um, and I'm looking at it right now and it's an 85 minute standby wait. This time... When Flight of Passage opened up, we were still looking at about a two-hour wait. Yeah, at the you know, so it's it's really not that bad. And in eighty-five minutes, while you're in line with a bunch of friends, now if you're in line with a couple of screaming kids, it's a little different. But eighty-five minutes when you're in line <laughs> with some friends, it goes by pretty quick. And there are cool things to look at in that queue too. So oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. like so it it you know the queue starts pretty much as soon as you go in the little cave. So mm-hmm. uh, the attraction starts, as I should say. So. But, yep. Yeah, I mean that that the wait time has not been bad for Ride of the Resistance. Yeah, I I'm a little surprised, but yeah, I think it's going to be great. Yep. Uh, and then uh, the other thing we want to talk about is um, early entry to theme parks. If you are staying at a Walt Disney Resort, has started. So uh, you know, you used to have extra magic hours <clears throat> that they used to do either in the morning or in the evening, and so now they've extra magic hours are gone. And there's early theme park admission for resort guests. So basically, um, instead of extra magic hours where it was certain days and certain parks, now if you're staying at a Walt Disney World Resort, you can go to any park 30 minutes prior to the opening time and select attractions are open and available for you. Um, And they just announced that Rise of the Resistance is one of those early park admission um, attractions. So... There you go. That's another thing. If you are staying at Disney and you can get into the parks early, especially at Hollywood Studios, um, you know, you might be able to do uh, Rise of the Resistance fairly early before the line gets too long. Which, and this is just another thing that they've copied from Universal um, with the select attractions being open. But Universal does not have a big ticket attraction like that open yet. So, Not for the, the morning stuff, no. Yeah. Yep. So. All right. Well, yeah. guys, thank you. Uh, Thank you for listening. That about wraps up our episode for this week. Um, pretty much, if you've listened to this series, you you will completely understand why you need to get down to Walt Disney World for the 50th anniversary. Um, you so got 18 months. 18 yeah. months of the celebration for all these fun yeah. things. And you can start booking your Disney vacation now for up to next fall. So mm-hmm. um, don't think you have to do it in the near future. That stuff will still be there uh, next fall. It, it, that's when you have to go. Uh, so just get with us and we will help you plan it. But uh, catch us next time as we begin a new season. We've got a lot of uh, guests coming along. Going to have lots of fun along the way. Uh, remember, we're taking a break next week, but hopefully you'll go back and check out any episodes you might have missed. And as you know, as your mouse experts, we're here to help answer all your Disney and Universal destination questions and help you prepare for your next magical vacation, whether it's, you know, whether that destination is Disney, Universal, or just somewhere else. We, we are here to answer all your questions. If you enjoyed the show, please share this episode with anyone who might enjoy it as well. And we're always looking to grow our audience. So please make sure you are liking, subscribing, and uh, never miss an episode. Please leave us a comment. Send us an email. Like I said, we've talked about, I guess, about 52 of our favorite things uh, when we said <laughs> we were going to do 50. 
Not all of them made the list. We missed some good ones. We did not talk about Jungle Cruise, Enchanted Tales of Bell. Um, we did not talk about the contemporary. So um, there's some things that we missed. So please let us know your comments. If we missed your favorite, let us know. We we will definitely make sure we respond to your comment, and um, maybe we'll get that on a future episode. We love hearing from from our guests and listeners. So um, you can do that by all of our contact methods in the show description. Absolutely. And as always, we like to end our episode with a quote. And so um, in honor of Haunted Mansion being on our list and uh, Muppets Haunted Mansion coming out in about a week, we figured we would go with a quote from the Haunted Mansion. And right at the end of the attraction, don't forget little Yoda says, hurry back, hurry back. Be sure to bring your death certificate if you decide to join us. Make final arrangements now. We've been dying to have you. I thought you were going to do it in the voice. Hurry back. <laughs> it's so creepy. She, she, yeah, she's great. She did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's great yeah. attraction. Uh, great quote. So hurry back and uh, listen to our episodes. There yeah. That was perfect segue. <laughs> perfect way to end. So. Thank you guys. And uh, we will see you or uh, we'll get back with you in uh, two weeks. Yep. Bye. Bye guys. <laughs>